Before we get started with this week's episode, we gotta pay the bills. You ready, Agent Ether? Let's go. I was at the Greenfish Lady Cafe this morning enjoying a coffee chino when a hacker came along and stole my data from the unsecured public network. Gee, I wish there was some way to prevent that from happening. All you need is ExpressVPN. A VPN or virtual private network encrypts your data so the bad guys can't steal it. Wow! Have you heard of dynamic pricing? What's that? Online retailers charge you more based on where you live. With ExpressVPN, you can appear anywhere you want and get the best deal. That's my favorite kind of deal. What else can ExpressVPN do for me? With ExpressVPN, you can get access to streaming content that's normally blocked in your region. Could I even use it to get past restrictions on work or school networks? Yes, all you have to do is use the ExpressVPN app on your device. You can even use it directly on your router. That's right. Just go to expressvpn.com forward slash capital A, capital C, capital P for a special offer and get three months free when you sign up for one year of service. What a deal. Thanks, ExpressVPN. That's expressvpn.com forward slash uppercase A, C, P. Link in the description. Now let's get to the show. It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check us out on other social media platforms. Links in the description. Probably Discord's the best. This week's episode, Crop Circles. Heck yeah, Crop Circles. Not to be confused with Crop Dusting, which is actually one of my favorite pastimes, but that's rather here nor there. It's it's not as much fun. Crop Circles are, are awesome, dude. It's not as much fun nowadays because yeah. half the people, you know, in the grocery store or whatever are wearing masks and whatnot. So, it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But yeah. that makes your victories all that much sweeter. It does. And they're more few and far between. <laughs> AJ <laughs> Neither is giving me a confused look more. right now. I'm so confused. She's like, what the hell, what man? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> she, doesn't know, she doesn't know about crop dusting. Apparently not. <laughs> all right. Well. Yeah, so. Yeah, we'll we'll talk, we'll explain that later. Yeah, <laughs> but crop circles though, crop circles are, are I find the subject pretty awesome because it's it's like a, pretty much a worldwide phenomenon. You know, it's it's all over the place, everywhere from Europe to United States, Australia. I mean, there's stuff going on all over the place related to this. Yeah, the first uh, kind of crop circle goes back to um, 1978. Some people think this is the. Well, some people consider this the first one. Others don't. Have you guys, did you guys mm-hmm. hear about this one? The mowing devil? Yeah. I yeah, feel like yeah. it was, it was referenced anywhere I looked. It was yeah. referenced as the first. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this, what, what, what is 1678 is a, is the year I think I saw like where the pamphlet came out, right? Yeah. The, that, that, that famous pamphlet that has the de- depiction of it. Right. Yeah. 
So this is probably, I mean, the way I look at this is probably not something that actually happened. It's probably more of like, like fiction, you know, but anyways, since it's, since it's often cited, I figured I might as well mention it. So the story, as the Mm -hmm. story goes, the mowing devil or strange news out of Hertfordshire uh, describes what some consider a crop circle in the pamphlet. A farmer refused to pay a laborer what he asked to mow his field and said he would rather the devil mowed it instead. That night, the field appeared to be in flame. The next morning, it, quote, appeared so neatly mowed by the devil or some infernal spirit that no mortal man was able to do the like. <laughs> so I, I thought th- this one kind of tickled me because I was thinking, okay, let's say that I'm feeling a little tired and I don't feel like doing my chores Say, ah, let the devil vacuum this carpet, you know, and then I go to bed. Does that mean the devil's going to do my chores for me? Like, is is that how it works? Because that'd be pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, but the next day, the carpet might be like burnt in a different color or something. Yeah, all charred up Don't know what you're going to be getting. As long as it's vacuumed. I mean, you know. (laughs) Could could, could I use that like like for my bills and stuff? The devil should pay these bills. (laughs) That'd be awesome. They're all the next day you wake up, they're all paid off. Like everything's paid off. You're like, oh hot damn. Your credit score goes <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. I love the devil. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I think that is an interesting story because uh it, there may be some perhaps like uh perspective differences between like now nowadays and, and back then. When that happened, like there's a lot of strange occurrences that that people may encounter and they would describe it as the devil or something, you know, because they they didn't have the same perspective and understanding of like sciences and stuff like that that we do nowadays. Right. Right. So maybe they, maybe he thought he was seeing like, you know, a flame or something like that above his field, but maybe it was like the lights of a UFO or something, you know what I mean? But I think the the one main difference between like most descriptions of crop circles and, and this case itself was that the, the oat field was cut. And so usually in a crop circle, something, uh, a crop circle that seems to be uh, legit, you know, as far as the, the more complicated ones, that seem, the ones that aren't like rough, you know, like that were obviously done by a person or something like that, a hoax. This one was, you know, they're usually just bent over in a certain way that doesn't break the stock or what have you. So that, I think that's the main difference between that, that story and most crop circles, you know? Right. And also the cover illustration on this one shows two ovals, like one oval and another one. And they're just ovals. Like it doesn't look yeah. super, uh, super complicated. No geometric patterns or anything, just ovals. Um, and also I, this one just kind of tickles me because is this what like a horror story was back then? You know, is that what kept kids awake at night? Oh my, the devil's out there mowing our yard. <laughs> oh dear. You know, <laughs> it's pretty tame by today's standards. I just thought, I just really like this story, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, not curse the devil. He may, he may mow your yard at night. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it could have been something, let's say that this is a legitimate report. Even like if there was a fire in the distance as the sunset, you know, if, if it hit the smog or smoke from the fire, just right, it could be like a glowing or something that they could, I don't know. There's any number yeah. of possibilities that could cause something like this, that it's just, you know, kind of an interesting story, but it's hard to take it at face value as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. All right. The next one I have is 1686 a dude named robert plot who was a naturalist and that's sort of like somebody who studies plants and whatnot he reported rings or arcs of mushrooms in the natural uh, natural history staffordshire like a publication 
He suggested that they were caused by airflows from the sky. And what can cause airflows from the sky? Birds. <laughs> birds. <laughs> or UFOs, you know, whichever. Wind. Yeah, A wind. bunch of birds. <laughs> but that, there's not really a whole lot to that one. Uh, and it does bear some resemblances. There's there's a bunch of stories if you want to look up that kind of stuff. Um, rings of mushrooms. And that goes back way back to like fairy circles and stuff like that. And that is a natural thing that actually happens is, you know, funguses and mushrooms can grow in rings. And it looks weird, but it's a thing that happens, it, apparently. Well, that's the thing about crop circles. Most people don't think that they're a natural phenomena. Mm -hmm. And the question mm -hmm. is whether it's extraterrestrial or somebody is doing it, but there's actual tangible proof that something has happened. And that makes it a lot different from other phenomena that we've talked about. Right. Yeah, yeah. We have gone over a few sightings that did have physical evidence like uh, Robert Taylor or Lonnie Zamora and stuff, but that's true. Most of them don't have any meaningful physical evidence that was left behind. Well, and everyone will agree crop circles exist. Right. You yeah. can call it evidence yeah. like everybody. You can go today and go see a crop circle if you want. Right. Well, and we'll talk about that in a little bit later. There I'm sure, sure are a lot of them. Yeah, there, yes, <laughs> there are. <laughs> uh, all right. So the next one I took note of was in 1880, an amateur scientist named John Capron reported circles of flattened crops in a field that formed under suspicious circumstances. He suspected that they were caused by cyclonic wind action. He described them as, here's a quote, as viewed from a distance, circular spots. They all presented much the same character, a few standing stalks as a center, some prostrate stalks with their heads arranged pretty evenly in a direction forming a circle around the center, and outside there a circular wall of stalks which had not suffered. So that description sounds an awful lot like modern crop circles. Now, of course, this being 1880, we don't have a picture of it. But that's the first description I found that kind of really actually sounds like a crop circle and not just something that may, may or may not be. Not a very exciting crop circle, though. No, but uh, he said it was uh, formed under suspicious circumstances. In other words, it was there and they can't explain why it was there. There's no explanation as to how it happened. And he said cyclonic wind action. But if you've seen even a simple circle like these crop circles, some of them are just a very simple circle. I can't imagine some kind of cyclone creating something that even, you know, and also flattened down like that. It would be like uh, like some sort of like cyclonic wind action. It would tear plants up or push them around and they would be Absolutely. generally messed up looking. Yeah, there'd be a bunch of debris laying around, you would think. And I, I wouldn't think that even if it was a small, like, you know, centralized airburst of some sort. I wouldn't think that it would be as even as, as any of these. Well, most of these crop circles are. Because like I had you know mentioned earlier, some crop, there's, there's a wide array of like sophistication, I guess, or how complicated a, a crop circle can be. And with how specific a lot of these images are, I, I couldn't see how the hell it would be wind or an airburst of some sort. You know what I mean? It, just there's no way, in my mind at least, maybe I don't understand, but how the hell could it make some, some of these uh, things? You know, it's it's... Like uh, one of the ones actually, uh, that, one of my favorite ones, just because the way it looks, is um, it was out of Goes Holland, I believe. Um, and it was, it's basically, it reminded me of the Mothman. I don't know if you guys have seen this one before, 
but it, it looks like a like a giant butterfly man with like big antenna sticking up out of his head. It looks like he has four arms and, and poss- possibly four legs because it, like part of the wings on the bottom kind of looks like it could be like legs. You just don't see the feet because there's circles over the place and there are circles where the feet would have been if the, if those were extra legs. But he definitely has four arms. But it's a very interesting picture and it's it's pretty complicated too. You know, I mean, it's it's not something that would be simple to make even if what people were making it. And uh, it, I would think it would take a very long time as well. And I think that's actually kind of important to note. Um, a lot of these crop circles, they, they seem to appear overnight or at least in a very a short period of time. And so with how, how big some of them are and how complicated they are, I just don't know how, how you'd be able to do that. Maybe I just don't understand how it's done if it is a hoax or what have you. Um, but I just don't know how they would have that much time to do it without well, like being noticed either. Because there are some of these crop right. circles in like rural areas, but they're... There, some of them are next to, you know, decently populated areas as well. Right, a lot of them are. Or touristy areas yeah. even, where there's, there's a lot so. of people, and yet very few people have been caught making them. And you don't see half-finished crop circles. They're, they're always complete. Well, there, there was one they found that was yeah. half finished that I saw note of, but... Um, well, I think that's because you, you, do get, you do get a handful that probably are hoaxes, and you have to differentiate between yeah. the ones that aren't if you think there's something supernatural going on, I would say, yeah, there are some hoaxes out there. There are some people who have figured out how to make crop circles. That that doesn't mean all of them are are hoaxes or fake. Yeah, and yeah, one yeah. of the skeptical explanations, or I guess interpretations, is that because all the crop circles are near populated areas, therefore it must mean that they're all hoaxes, which doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you could argue that if you're going to hoax something, you would put it somewhere where it's going to be seen. On the other hand, you could argue that whatever supernatural cause or other cause, if it's like, let's say, aliens trying to communicate, whatever is making these things would also want them to be seen. So that's sort of a wash. It doesn't really mean anything. It's just sort of speculation. Take your pick. You know, if you want to believe the skeptical side, then there's, you know, there's a good explanation there. If you don't, then that's also a reasonable explanation of why they would be near populated areas. All right. So the next one I have in, you know, the good old timeline here is 1932. An archaeologist named E.C. Kerwin saw four dark rings in a field at Stoughton Down near Chichester. That's these names. <laughs> these English names are just so Englishy, right? Stoughton Down near Chichester, you know. I, I, where's the Sherlock Holmes going on here? You know what I mean? So he, <laughs> I, I enjoy a lot of these names. They're cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so his, he's quoted as saying a circle in which the barley was lodged or beaten down while the interior area was very slightly mounded up. And that sounds pretty similar to one of the previous ones. And there's not really a whole lot to go on this one either. No photographs that I could find or anything like that. It's just, um, just a basic crop circle, I guess. Hmm. So it's just like just a circle, like yeah, just a circle just in the barley, the yeah. Okay. And there's yeah, a circle. That that sounds like it'd be a good name for a song or something like that. A circle in the barley. Oh, that would be a good song. <laughs> yeah. There's a, uh, I mean, well, maybe four. not a band, but definitely a song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> he saw four circles. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he saw four of them, and it it sounds like yeah. they're just flattened barley in a circle, and. Um, this is again, this is 1932 and it predates modern crop circles by quite a lot, but 
again, you have four mm-hmm. regular circles or rings, and it's hard to imagine what could possibly cause something like that. Although later on, when we talk about possible causes, I did find one that one really awesome event that uh, that I, um, I can't wait to talk about. <laughs> Uh, so in 1963, we have another one. Patrick Moore found a crater in a potato field in Wiltshire. He thought it was caused by a meteor. He found several circular and elliptical areas in a nearby wheat field near the potato field. The grain had been flattened in what he described as a spiral flattening, and they seemed to lead towards the crater, so he hypothesized that the circles were caused by wind currents from the meteor as it approached the potato field. Astronomer Hugh Butler saw similar circles and believed them to be caused by lightning strikes. So once Hmm. again, you have some strange circles, and in this case, it's near a crater, which is like, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if maybe they're not connected. Maybe they are. Maybe there was a pesky UFO making some crop circles and crashed well in the process. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. If it was a crashed UFO, though, you'd think there'd be more evidence, right? Yeah, yeah. No, very, I, I, that's a strange strange occurrence. Yeah, there was a crater in the potato field. He didn't report any craft or anything like that. No debris, no anything else. Just a, just a crater. So it's probably a meteorite of mm. some kind. Maybe. Who knows? Well, a, farm, a farmer being, you know, very familiar with his land, I would imagine... That crater, if, if he would have known about it if it was there, right? And it, it, you said it was right in, in uh, the middle of a potato field, too. So he's working that land constantly. So I, I would think it would have to be related, you know, two, two strange things happen like that at the same time, basically. Like, that's got to be related, you'd think. Yeah. I'm just trying to imagine how uh-huh. a meteor coming down would cause circles, you know? I, I can't imagine how that would yeah. cause that. It's such a strange case I'd like, like a to know shock more. wave yeah. like if you dropped one of something in a pond and then shock ray waves ripple out oh yeah maybe like yeah. some sort of sound phenomena combined with radiation coming from the meteor well but yeah the, the shock <laughs> waves would flatten everything evenly in a radius though it wouldn't it this wouldn't is, selectively flatten certain yeah. circles yeah Unless uh, I completely misunderstand how that stuff happens. You forgot about the radioactivity, though. Oh, yeah. Was there, in this case, was there radioactivity? Because no. I didn't find any no, radioactivity. No, not. <laughs> All right. And in the 1960s is when we start to have quite a lot of reports by people seeing crop sightings. And often they would report them along with UFO sightings. And there was a lot of these in swamp areas where reeds would be flattened and sugarcane fields, and these were mostly from areas in Australia and Canada. For example, circles found on August 8, 1968 in Canada were investigated by the Department of National Defense. They concluded that they were artificial, but they did not figure out who made them or how they were made. And that's like a really interesting case because you have an actual government investigation. They were taking them seriously enough to, you know, to spend the resources to investigate them. And then they concluded that they had to be artificial somehow, but they didn't say how. And this is uh, important that these were happening in the 60s, because later on we'll talk about the uh, those hoaxers. You know, we have to talk about them. It's very important to the case. But I just, you know, I wanted to point out that there were plenty of crop circles. And I'm only going over like just the quick, quick version. There are lots and lots of these things that predate the 1970s 
So when those two guys come out and say that, yeah, we were responsible for all of these, you're like, really? Even the one from like 1880? You you did that one too? You know, like, <laughs> so it, it's, it's hard to say that they are responsible for everything, even though they may be claiming so. And let's be real, hoaxers, probably not the most reliable source of information, right? Even if they, they, I'm sure they were responsible for some of the crop circles, but they absolutely could not have been responsible for all of them, especially these ones in the 60s. The most famous one in, from the 1960s is probably the 1966 Tully Saucer Nest. A farmer witnessed a saucer-shaped craft rise 40 feet from a swamp and then fly away. Upon investigating the area, he found a circular uh, depression about 32 feet by 20 feet, 5 feet wide, where the grass was flattened in a clockwise, uh, in a clockwise, <laughs> <laughs> where the grass was flattened in a clockwise curve uh, to the water level. The reeds in the circle were uprooted from the mud. This is a case that probably deserves its own episode, but there are actually photographs of this. So you can yep. Google it and find pictures of the crops or of this particular one. This is the earliest one that I was able to find an actual photograph. And you used the word nest. And that's when you have like a series of crop circles all together, right? Then it's called a, a nest. Um, I'm not sure if that's the correct terminology. This one looks like it was just one circle. Well, that's mm -hmm. interesting. But I kind of want to do a whole... And there were some... Yeah, go ahead. There ETA. were some interesting... Uh, there were some interesting explanations for that one too, like, uh, like, like you know, crocodiles, uh, like either fighting or mating, and just like swinging around in circles, and or maybe like a a flock of birds, you know, doing some kind of intricate like uh, <laughs> mating dance or something. Or that, I remember there there were some kind of wild explanations. Like they, it seemed to me the people who were naysaying that that particular instance uh, event rather, um, it's just like whatever they can come up with, uh, they're like, nope, that sounds better <laughs> than, <Yeah. laughs> than a UFO, even though the guy said plainly he saw a UFO, right? Yeah. Well, one explanation was uh, the skeptic said it was caused by a willy willy, which is apparently what they call a <laughs> dust devil in Australia because they have, they got like these yeah, cute yeah. names for everything there. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. Mm -hmm. A willy willy. Uh, so oh. according to skeptics, <laughs> the willy willy caused not only the flattening of the plants, but also kicked up some debris that just so happened to form in the shape of a flying saucer and appear to fly off, I guess. And that explains the UFO <laughs> sighting as well. <laughs> it sounds reasonable to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. You could just, you know, you could just say that you don't believe he saw a UFO. Wouldn't that be easier than saying yeah. that something absolutely ridiculous, like a little dust devil could, uh, maybe a dust devil could flatten the crops, but come on, come on. Yeah. It's just yeah. silly. <laughs> I agree. In 1974, a lot of people will point to this. There was a film titled Phase 4 about some mutant ants or something. And this is probably the first depiction of a geometric crop circle. And I, I googled it. I didn't really see a screenshot and I didn't have time to watch the whole movie. So I'm going to withhold judgment on this. But some people refer to this as, you know, by some people, I mean the skeptics. They say that the, it all dates back to this. Once people saw that in the film, this was the inspiration for a lot of the hoaxes that followed. People saw that. Then, of course, they ran out to the fields and started making the shapes in the crops themselves. But I just thought I'd mention that one because it's possibly important to the case, but a lot of people talk about it. So it's worthy of mention. I think it's farmers 
who are trying to uh, raise revenue by increasing tourism to their area. Well, it could be. I mean, there there actually is a tourist industry around crop circles. Yeah, a lot of times it's just the opposite, though. Actually, farmers get kind of pissed at all the people coming and trampling on their crops. Right, they're actually <laughs> losing money on the deal. Right, like, <laughs> get off my land. It's probably hard to charge admission, and their crops are getting destroyed, so they're losing money on that. And, uh, you know, who knows what else. There actually have been a few handful of lawsuits involving crop circles where people were caught red-handed making one. But usually the whatever makes them, people or other, is not caught in the act. And the farmers can't sue anybody if they don't know who's doing it. And even if they did see what, like some people report seeing orbs doing it, or like a UFO doing it or something, uh, good luck taking that to court, you know? (laughs) I don't know. If I was a farmer, I'd be torn between just harvesting my crops and not worrying about it and reporting it. Yeah. Like, wow, this is really interesting, and I want some media attention, and maybe I should just mow this and not worry about it. Yeah, because if you report it and you get a whole bunch of people swarming into the area, it's just going to make it way worse. Yeah. All right, so now, starting in the late 70s, we get the more modern crop circles. And these are centered mostly in the English countryside, The difference is between this and earlier crop circles is they start to become much more complex. And because of, you know, they start in England, but because of media reports or who knows what, uh, they start to spread all over the world. And now they can be found pretty much everywhere. And a skeptical explanation would be that because of the media reports, that's kind of what I meant to say, is that... um, people started to copycat everywhere. You know, the copycat or the the original ones were in England. And then people saw mm-hmm. that and they said, oh, that looks like a lot of fun. Let's go do that. Grab yourself, you know, some boards and a baseball cap and go to town, you know. Uh, but another way of looking at it could be that for whatever reason, they began in England and then spread whatever it is that's trying to communicate or put a message or whatever started there for one reason or another. Like, let's say there's, there's places in England, like, like Stonehenge, for instance, that may have spiritual significance, that may have something to do with it. Um, who knows? I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all pretty much speculative. There's, nobody really knows for sure why or how. Yeah, a lot of crop circles do pop up next to historical sites like, like Stonehenge, like the famous one, the Julia set is uh, near Stonehenge, I think. Yeah, is is that famous? Is that what they call the one on the the um, Led Zeppelin box? I don't know, Agent ETA. I defer to you. Let me ah, see. I didn't take notes on that. It's called the Julia <laughs> I've Set. I've seen that picture. Mm-hmm. Julia Set. Yeah, let's see. But I don't think it just refers to oh, this crop so cool. circle. I think it's a mathematical term for some fractal pattern, and that's why oh. they call it the Julia Set. Oh yeah, no, no, that's not the one on the cover. No, no. The one on the cover of the album does look pretty cool, though. It looks like that the the crop circle on the front of the Zeppelin album is is from um, a field in Alton Barnes, Wiltshire. Okay, and uh, I do remember seeing seeing that that uh, that case that that is a famous uh, crop circle, and it's one of the more eh, not not one of the more complicated one, but it's good and complicated. Yeah. But I think that yeah, obviously because of Led Zeppelin, that is probably one of the most, if not the most iconic one. But whether people know the, know the story behind it or not, they know for sure if they've seen it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, as yeah, we mentioned yeah. earlier, there's there... Just, oh, yeah, go ahead, ETA. 
Oh, I was just going to make a little comment. I mean, there, there's just, there's just so many damn crop circles to look into. I didn't like look into that. It was always in the back of my head. Like that was when you told me like, uh, that, that this was the subject that we were doing. Like the first thing that popped into my head was that Led Zeppelin album cover. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? definitely. But so more recently, there's been a uh, crop circle tourism that has popped up and even some companies will hire crop circle makers to do like advertising and things in fields. And there'll be, you know, if you just Google crop circles, you'll see some that don't look like your traditional type of crop circle. They look like a picture of something like a picture of an alien or, you know, a picture of a brand name or something like that. And there, there are crop circle tours. And of course, for those, you would imagine that they would fabricate crop circles for people to look at, you know, whether it's by helicopter or bus or whatever. I'm not sure exactly how they would tour. I would think you would think helicopter, right? Or or small biplane or something. Yeah, yeah. But did you hear about the one in, in 2013 that mm, turned out nope. to be a hoax? There, it was all over the news. It was all over the media. It looked kind of like a, a chip, like a computer chip, and people were taken mm. aback, and they're really excited about it. And it turned out it was just, it was a hoax by NVIDIA. In huh. Silicon oh. Valley to promote their new cell phone chip. Nice. So it was advertising. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was and then it worked. You know, everybody was talking about it. So yeah. we well, should have a name. That's the only time that's ever happened either. No, we should have a name for these people, though, the artists who make crop circles. Croppies is already taken. Because right? people who study crop circles are croppies, so you can't call them that. Maybe. Uh, I thought they were serial, serialologists. Yeah, that's that's the the term for people who study crop circles is serologist, and then they're lovingly known as croppies. Oh, I see croppies. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all I had for like just the brief, brief rundown of like the history. I think Agent Ether has some some uh, stuff to talk about involving serologists, and who knows what she was taking notes like crazy for this one. Oh. I was. <laughs> it's a it's a fun topic, man. You can really go down the rabbit well, hole there, on this one. There's so much, and, and yeah. like like what Agent Ether was talking about earlier. Also, like there's evidence for. I mean, the evidence is it sticks around in the form of the crop circle, and that's what's so interesting about this this case is that there's just there's so much left behind by whatever the event that happened. You know that to create it. You know what I mean? But yeah, like like every other thing, usually like uh, related to UFOs or stuff like that. It's all somebody's uh, experience that they're they're describing what they witnessed or what have you but there's not any evidence so this is like a, a really compelling um subject because of all the evidence left behind yeah I yeah just, yeah i think that's probably one of the more important uh things about this case yeah do you have a favorite crop circle agent eta uh i mean as far as favorite pro- maybe that one on the front of the uh, led zeppelin cover there yeah, the, the one from um, from Alton uh, Barnes, Wiltshire, whatever I think. Yeah. I, I, one of my other ones uh, that uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about it after after you get uh, past what you're you're talking right about right now. We're about to, but uh, I do have a favorite one. It's 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 kind of just a I don't know. It's it's a, a, a fun story, but it but it happened in um, this uh, place, uh, Solberry Hill. And uh, Solberry Hill is actually like a man-made hill that's uh, uh, made on like. Uh, intersecting ley lines and um i, I kind of dig that kind of stuff like the archaeology like this story involves like you know ancient archaeology uh ufos or uh, sentient beings or whatever you think they may have been and also somebody who witnessed all this stuff you know so hmm. yeah it's a uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a cool story but but uh, I'll, I'll tell that story after after you uh talk about what you're about to talk about I don't all right i was going to talk about 
Yes. Oh, wait, hold on just a moment. I forgot to mention the hoaxers. So, oh, that's really important. Yeah, yeah. So, two, oh, that's right. Two dudes named Bowler and Chorley, B O W L E R and C H O R L E Y, Bowler and Chorley. Uh, in 1991, Doug Bauer, or is it Bowler or Bauer? Whatever. I, I must have made a mis uh, type there. <laughs> Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley claimed that they started the whole thing in 1978, that they used simple tools such as wood planks rope and a baseball cap to make the crop circles and they demonstrated this method to journalists to prove that they were the ones who did it and they say that they made all of the circles before 1987 and then a second wave of copycats took over and continued their work now the one problem i have with this is that first of all there were tons of crop circles before 1978 and there were tons of them that were not in england near where these dudes live Now, no doubt that these people did make some crop circles. I'm not disputing that fact, but their crop circles are very different than a lot of the other crop circles that happened before and after they claim to have done this. And furthermore, like I said earlier, hoaxers, uh, they're making some pretty broad claims here. You know, if you're saying we did, we did all of it, we did everything before 1987, you're like, hmm, all of it? Really? I mean, you guys must have a lot of time on your hands. You know, it's, yeah. That's a lot of crop circles between that. You can actually look up their websites who catalog crop circles and you can look up how many there were during that time period. And I didn't bother to calculate all of them, all of them, but I'm guessing it's a fair amount that more than two people could probably do. But anyways, yeah, I just wanted to mention them because it is potentially an important part of the story. And, uh, they are credible in the fact that they do seem to be able to make crop circles and they did demonstrate that. So it proves without a doubt that at least some of the crop circles are hoaxed, but some of them, there are supposedly differences, or should I say supposedly differences between like <laughs> the quote unquote real crop circles and the fake ones. And Ether may touch on that in a moment as well. So it I will. I'm over here nodding. Yeah. I'll hand it off to her. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about uh seriologists. And it's a term to describe people who research and take crop circles very seriously. And the name comes from the Roman goddess of agriculture series. And they're also known as croppies. And I hope that's in an affectionate way because I don't want to offend anybody. And the number one seriologist was known as uh, Lefty Levengood. He was a biophysicist. He was a consulting scientist. He worked in industry. He worked at a university. He was a peer-reviewed author, and he studied soil and plant samples from around the world for various research purposes. And then he would start to get interested in crop circles and become involved in that research using his background as as a scientist. So specifically what he would do is he would take plant and soil samples near these crop circles And then he would take soil and plant samples from distant fields and he would compare and test them to see if there were any differences. Now, he and John Burke and Nancy Talbot kind of came to know one another and they formed a research team, BLT, Burke, Levengood, and Talbot, which still has a website and is run by Nancy. The other two members have passed away, but Nancy's still involved with that research and this uh, 
research team had a laboratory in Michigan where they would ship all the samples. And they saw that compared to the control compared to the control plants, they would have different uh, different properties. And he claims there were some changes in the soil, like uh, amounts of iron, and he looked at how the plants were bending. Uh, there was a serendipitous explanation. He said that he forgot to throw away a box of leftover crop circle samples, which had been deprived of water and light about two weeks. And when he opened the box, the plants that were not alive were the uh, control and the other plants, the crop circle plants, were growing. So he thought that, you know, there was some sort of reason that these plants were still growing. And he wasn't sure if it was like electrical or geomagnetic, you know. And so him and his team went on and they had different ideas about the causes of what the crop circles could be. But I think in general, they thought they were a natural phenomenon. In, in other words, they weren't extraterrestrial. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of different... I mean, it's... I talked mainly about UFOs or whatever, but there's a ton of different possible explanations that people think may be causing these things. We'll maybe talk about that at the end. Well, they studied in 1993, there was a crop formation in Cherhill, England during a meteor shower. And... They said that the whole area had a glaze of iron that was covering and embedded in the soil and the plants, and they claimed it was consistent with exposure from intense energy that was emitting heat, possibly microwaves, and kind of tied this into science and said there were unusual electric pulses and strong magnetic fields, and I don't know, the way, I don't understand all of what they were saying, but the way they were explaining it was definitely just tied to electromagnetic fields. Yeah, I've seen that explanation. There's a couple different versions of that, but some people believe that that could be a cause. And another really famous seriologist was Lucy Pringle, and she was known for her photography. What? Oh, <laughs> I'm, laugh. I'm laughing because I like that name. <laughs> Lucy Pringle? Yeah, Lucy Pringle. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm no. looking around to see what you're laughing at. No, I'm not laughing at you. I'm looking at just, you know. <laughs> so Lucy Pringle was known for her photography, and she was a researcher for decades and decades. She was quoted as saying, There is often an extraordinary feeling of sanctity within the circles. I find this experience incredibly humbling as though I have been touched by the hand of God. So she believed in the healing forces of crop circle energies. She thought there was some driving divine element behind them. She did research on spontaneous healing, specifically related to Parkinson's disease. And she claimed this was a real effect because some people who went into crop circles also had negative effects, feeling dizzy, feeling nauseous. So she said the effects really depended on the person, actually, and their experience. She did this experiment where she measured brainwaves of people in the crop circles, and she said she could see increases in gamma-level changes and dopamine increases and she believed that crop circles were a window of perception that emitted energy that could disable permanently or temporarily electronical equipment. So she claimed that when, you know, her team would go in there, sometimes the radios would uh, turn on and off or just stop functioning. Same thing with uh, 
I don't, I'm trying to think because it's like in the 90s what kind of technology they had because it wouldn't be cell phones. They had <laughs> cell phones. And, they had cell phones. Cell in the phones, 90s. then I guess. Just they, any they kind were of, not that common, but yeah. Uh, as far as like electronic devices, people might have some sort of music player. Probably more commonly in the 90s, you'd have like a, a portable CD Walkman type deal. Um, a few people still had tape players back then, but not that many. You might have, huh? you know, like a digital watch. Or some sort of pocket portable, calculator, you portable, know, portable camcorders and stuff too. Yeah, I mean, there there were a fair number of electronics people had back then. She ran this test where she buried bottles of water near the crop circles, and she saw increased levels of nitrates. And she believed that there was a combination of earth energy and underground electrically charged water that was creating these electrical bubbles that would rise up to create patterns just like modal vibrations in the sand. It's a very sort of complicated reasoning for crop circles. And she thought that we were kind of universal in the way we thought and felt, and so crop circles were across dimensions and kind of this special phenomena that we all shared. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. that she So she did actual experiments, though, she did, yeah. And found that there were changes in these people. That's kind of interesting. Well, and she she has a book where she has several instances of people claiming uh, spontaneous healing, including herself. I think she had like a shoulder injury. And she, she in part was interested in crop circles because her shoulder was healed when she went to, when she went to see one. Hmm. And I find that kind of thing fascinating because... Even if you're going to be totally 100% skeptical of that sort of thing, we do still have the placebo effect, which is a real thing and is scientifically documented. Whereas, you know, if they're doing a control study for, you know, curing whatever, like a drug study, some people get better even when they're given the control, basically sugar pills, because of the, I mean, maybe do a whole, we could do like a whole episode on it, but maybe do a mind boggle on that at some point. But it's like something that's always fascinated me how some people seem to really, they really do seem to be able to spontaneously heal somehow. It's the strangest thing. Yeah, it can't be explained. Yeah. That, that is crazy. Just like, uh, for example, we don't know why like the body, uh, your pineal gland at the bottom of your brain, we don't know why that produces uh, dimethyltryptamine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so why we, the hell would your, why would your body need to produce that? I yeah, don't get it. Do we really need that stuff? Banging around in your head. It's a hey, life is weird enough without that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, the, the, the funny thing is also uh, there, like, dimethyltryptamine is found in all sorts of places in nature in the, the bark of the acacia tree, for example, in, in the, the Middle East, you know, and the, uh, the, the Nile, uh, the blue uh, Nile lily, uh, in, um, Egypt. I mean, it's, it's very, very high in concentrated. Well, the concentration of DMT, DMT is high on it in it, you know? And um, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of uh, early shamanistic uh, religions used uh, these things to get in touch with their gods or what have you. I don't know. I, I, that, I mean, that's a whole other subject where now we're getting off into the, into the weeds, you know. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 one of those like one of those big huh moments where you're like, what? I don't know what that means. Like, what? You know, it's a it's a big mystery. Yeah, they call it the spirit molecule, which it's inter- There's stuff you can mm-hmm. look and read and watch about it and. It seems like it may bridge sort of like spirituality, spirituality, uh, I can't talk today, and in science, you know, because <laughs> we can define the molecule, yeah. we can define its structure, but it also has this spiritual effect on people. But 
Yeah, we probably don't want to get yeah. too too far into that. Yeah, yeah. Get way too far off topic. Yeah. It's another major but, resource um, for. The, uh, oh yeah, go ahead, ETA. Oh, well, I, I was just going to say one of the things we hadn't talked we haven't talked about yet is a. Uh, there's a lot of people that believe that there's a lot of like, you know, messages encoded within these uh, crop circles. And, you know, if, if aliens were doing it and you'd have to ask yourself, why the hell would they be doing this? Cause I, I couldn't imagine these uh, crop circles would be formed by like whatever propulsion they're using. And if it, if it is a UFO landing or something like that, that they must be doing this on purpose. If it is aliens, I'm not, I'm not saying I believe it is, but it's, I, I I'm kind of on the fence about it a little bit, but if they were doing it, why the heck would they do it? Why would they spend the time, even though it seems like they would be able to do it very quickly? It doesn't take much effort, I would imagine, for, for you know, an advanced race to do something like this. But if they were doing it, well, maybe, maybe they are trying to send us a message because compared to them, we are so primitive. Maybe they uh, exist at a higher level that they can't really necessarily communicate with us straightforward, right? Maybe, maybe not. But um, yeah, maybe it is a message. And, and there, there have been some pretty damn interesting, uh, like mathematicians that have studied uh, the distances and stuff, and some symbolism that has been found in plenty of uh, plenty of crop circles. Um, I don't know; it's it's a it's a really confusing mess to me, you know. Like, like well, so, some people know, some, actually some, some, think uh, some people uh, think like some people think they're like time travelers. They're coming back in time, and they're either using them oh, yeah, yeah. as like maps, or they're trying to warn us of something like a disaster, or that they reflect. Yeah. Uh, pending astronomical events, but they have to be interpreted correctly. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I find it. I find it very interesting. But I am not going to try to describe some of the, like the mathematical things that have been found because I just probably wouldn't be able to. <laughs> I would sound like an idiot. I can tell you that Ooh. much. <laughs> Ooh, well, I'll do. I'll do. I'll do one if I can find it in my notes. That's. It's my favorite crop okay, cool. circle. It, it's not too long. It's the. Uh, 2008 pie crop formation. So in June of 2008, in a barley field near Barbary Castle in England, there was this crop circle. It was 150 feet in diameter, and it supposedly represented the first 10 digits of pie. So 3.14159265.4. And so what does this really mean? So I was like, what do you mean it represents the first few digits of pie? You know, I thought that was really interesting. So I went and looked at a picture and there's like a circle spiraling out and there's indents and grooves. And what really interests me is somebody saw this crop circle and decoded it. I mean, who would think to look at a crop circle and try and find a mathematical message in it? So there was a retired astrophysicist in North Carolina, Michael Reed, I couldn't find anything on this guy except clippings from a newspaper that said he had uh, he had decoded it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it just looks like uh, I mean, it just looks like a circle. <laughs> right. How does it represent pi? Well, if you divide the circle into ten equal parts, and then you look at the number of segments running through each step, you can count them. So, on the first part, there's three segments that pass through before they hit a step. So that would be the first number of pi, three. And then there's a circle in the next segment because you need a decimal point, and it also represents the one in the huh. pi. And so it's kind of cool. It's it's like a picture. It's a picture of pi. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I thought that was... That is wild. That's my favorite one. That's and it awesome. Took me, it took me a couple tries to get it. 
you know, looking at the pictures, looking at the explanation, dividing it into those 10 segments, and then being able to count them as they traveled through. Like it, it took me a couple tries to see how to decode it. Oh, I see. I found a picture that has the crop circle and next to it, it has like a little picture with numbers on it on yeah, how to decode how it. how to decode it. Because you're saying like three segments. I'm like, I don't see three segments there, but if, okay, wow, this is, how did somebody, how did anybody figure that out? Well, and why? Why would you even think to look <laughs> for it, right? Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. So yeah, you can go, you can look it up, the uh, pie crop circle formation and see if you can understand it. Tons of fun. That is fun. Yeah. Hmm, look at that. Wow. And ah, man, that, that would have been. Yeah. How did he figure that out? That's crazy. <laughs> 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 All right. So, yeah. So, so I guess I'll talk about my, uh, my little, uh, my favorite, uh, well, event I, there. I think ether my had some more stuff. Functional? You know, it was just, uh, oh, okay. it was something about dousing. I don't know if you guys have heard about dousing. I'd never really read about it I saw some it videos before. of people doing these. It yeah. looked, it looked pretty easy, but you have to be apparently in the right spiritual place. Okay. To to mm -hmm. use these dousing rods and anybody can do it. And I found like a step-by-step -step guide. You can make your own dousing rods. You can buy them on Amazon very mm. cheaply, very easily. So you have to be in the right, you know, frame of mind. First, you keep your arms by your side and relaxed and you take a rod in each hand and hold them loosely so that they're able to rotate because they're going to either rotate in, which is yes, or maybe like a male aspect, or they're going to rotate out, which can be no, or the male aspect of the ley line. And so then, there, there's just a male and a male aspect? Female. Did I say male and a male? Yeah. Male and female. <laughs> which one is, which one is uh, female? I couldn't, I didn't see. It's just they divided yes, no, male, female. Oh, okay. So that you hold them forward parallel to each other and then they'll move and they can either cross or they can extend outward. So you'll walk around holding your rods in position and then they'll cross when you walk over an important point and it may be water or it may be an electric, electrical node. So you can do this over a crop circle and you can make different patterns. So whenever the rods cross, that would be some sort of electromagnetic phenomena and you can kind of map out a pattern over the crop circle. And uh, they call these lines ley lines. They're, they're different. They're borrowing the language from, um, from what we know of as ley lines, which would be the connection between the ancient structures. It's not the same kind of ley line. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> uh, let's see. Edit. Edit. Yeah, I know. I'm just looking through my notes. Yeah, so there's different types of dowsers. You have people who think it's a very scientific method, the thing that they're doing. And you have other people who find it a very spiritual method. Hmm. So it just depends on which camp you're coming from, I suppose. I sort of, I don't know anything about dowsing, but it's sort of interesting because whether or not you believe in the spiritual side of it or whatever, you are using two metal things, so you might actually be detecting something. So it might actually work just by detecting magnetic fields and, you know, whatever. Like if you're looking for water underground, that could very well have some sort of effect that might 
you know, might uh, be able to detect with the rods. I don't know. It, uh, that'd be something interesting to look into. I'd be more interested if the results were the same. If you had multiple dowsers yeah. who were creating the same patterns. And these patterns are different than the crop circle patterns. They're often like concentric circles or stars where lines are crossing. And one explanation is just that each person is seeing a part of the whole Hmm. And I'm not, I'm not buying that, but yeah, that's, it's one explanation, you know. That's awfully convenient. Uh, I know, but there's a, it's there's a book all about it. It's by John Mitchell. He's kind of the major source when it comes to things like ley lines and earth energies. And he, I think he was the first person who introduced the idea of crop circles having some sort of numerological, numerological, hmm. numerology. That there was numerology within crop circles. Okay. And you too can buy his book. Check out the affiliate link in the description. No, no actually, <laughs> it's really hard to find. I had to go on, uh, on uh, I don't even know what it's called, but basically where you can go and look in the public domain and, and find books. Yeah. A lot of stuff is out of print, you know, especially yeah. for fringe topics like what we talk about. Um, check your libraries, check online, but yeah, a lot of stuff is hard to find. Yeah, this was more in the 1990s that I think there were seriologists, the big ones, and I couldn't really find a lot of people studying them in the same way today in mm. 2000 and 2020. They're kind of uh, kind of fallen out, I guess. Yeah, the, the um, momentum is gone, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, because they were pioneers. The people I'm talking about were pioneers in the field. They were the first to suggest there was, let's say, spiritual energy or the first to suggest there was electromagnetic energy or, you know, that it was mathematical or numerical or messages. These were the first people to to look at crop circles in that way and hmm. to do research on it and to take photographs and to get it out there to the public. Okay, right. Well, hopefully somebody continues their work. <laughs> Well, now we have now we have the internet, so you can go on Google Earth, right? Google Google Earth, and you could go look at crop circles if they're taking pictures with the satellite. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I wonder how often they update that. I don't know, because I mean, I sh I'm sure I could Google it right now since I have the internet right in front of me. Because you know, the crop circles are only going to be created during crop season, which I think starts in April. And then ends in August. So kind of like over the summer. And then they're gone. Let's see. How often does Google Earth update? Uh, performs updates anytime between a month and three years. Ooh. So a very wide range there. So you might miss, might miss the crop circle. Yeah. Well, if anybody has seen or knows that there's a crop circle on Google Earth, go ahead and... Send us some coordinates. I'd love to see it. Um, this says that it updates once a month. So I guess that would be typical. Yeah. Maybe longer, like three years might be something more like in the Antarctica or something like really remote like that, that they can't get to as easily sure. to, to image. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Is that all you had for us, Agent Ether? Sure. Did you have more? No, I had some theories about... Um, about causes and stuff. Causes, but I want to save that for the end because yeah, probably yeah. we'll touch on some of that and then I can mention the ones we haven't talked about. Okay, yeah, we'll do theories at the end, yeah. Yeah. All right, Agent ETA, what do you got for us? 
Oh, yeah. So, all right, that story that I was talking about actually happened in uh, 2009. And I do want to talk about just Silbury Hill real quick because it's actually a man-made hill. Um, It's about 131 feet high and 548 feet in diameter. And it's kind of a hot spot for UFO encounters and stuff, not just like uh, crop circles and, and, and such, you know. But there's been a lot of people around that very specific area that have claimed to have UFO uh, encounters. So I, I find that a pretty cool area. And that could make it, you know, likely that if, it was, if, it's, if it's a hoax, then it could be inspired by all the, the activity around the area. But I do enjoy the, the story just because of where it happened. And, uh, and what happened also. So um, the story basically goes like this. In 2009, there was an off-duty police sergeant that was driving on the A4 Expressway right next to uh, Selberry Hill. And he had noticed, because um, he, he had drive, driven by, he drives by that area often, and he had noticed a crop circle in a field off the side of the highway and uh, close to Selberry Hill, like I said. And he says he saw um, multiple figures, very tall individuals wearing white robe and having like long blonde hair. And um, their faces were concealed by hoods, so he couldn't see their faces. But uh, at first he said that uh, it looked like they were like kind of just like like lingering around the outskirts of the crop circle inspecting it. So he, he didn't really think a whole, mu- a whole much about it, but, uh, or he didn't think much about it. Whatever. English is not easy for me sometimes. But uh, so he said the reason why he actually ended up stopping and trying to get a better look because he heard this like a vibration, like a electrical vibration noise. And uh, he thought maybe uh, it was like a buzzing noise, you know, Um, like static electricity. And uh, he thought, I don't know, is this my car or or that's weird, but it was loud enough and weird enough for him to stop to investigate. So um, he did so. And uh, he he says that he, he, he believed the noise was coming from like, the like the crop circle itself like that direction and so he actually started walking up closer to there uh the the crop circle and these uh figures that he had observed and at first they didn't seem to pay much attention to him um until he got closer and he actually started like yelling at them or trying to talk to them from a distance um and, and uh they didn't really uh pay any attention to him until he got like real close and they actually ended up just turning around and running away. But the the thing that was weird about the way they ran, I guess, he said they moved faster than any human possibly could. And um, I'll actually uh, read you a quote from him. From actually, his, he was interviewed by a crop circle researcher named Andrew Russell. And I'll, I'll read you a direct, a, a direct. Now direct. I'm doing it. A direct quote. <laughs> uh, so here it is. They ran. F- <laughs> it was so very direct. And it was a, a quote straight from him. You know. Now I'm talking like Mike Tyson. <laughs> so here's here's the uh, the quote <laughs> they ran faster than any man i have ever seen i'm no slouch but they were moving so fast i looked away for a second and when i looked back they were gone i then got scared the noise was still around the buzzing noise is what he's referencing right there um the noise was still around but i got an uneasy feeling and uh, he got a headache as well um and then he headed for the car uh, sorry, I kind of stopped that quote there, but that, that, that's not in the quote, but that's uh, within the story right there. So he got an uneasy feeling and headed for the car. For the rest of the day, I had a pounding headache. I couldn't shift. So he couldn't get rid of the, uh, the headache and stuff. And, and um, I find that kind of uh, interesting because going back to what we had uh, talked about earlier, some people 
seem to get either negative or positive reactions while being like near or in these these uh, crop circles, which is a, a reoccurring thing that that you'll hear from a lot of people's testimonies as far as if it's a UFO encounter or they're just finding a crop circle in general, you know. But uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's pretty much the majority of the story there. You know, it's a I, like I said, I, I do find it interesting because it was this, um, next to a very active area, and what he claimed to have seen was was kind of unique. You know, it's, it's a, not a UFO, but it's a description of beings that were odd, that's for sure. They were very tall, and uh, they didn't uh, you know pay much attention to him until they got real close, and then they scooted the hell out of there faster than anything he had ever seen before, basically. So yeah, it's, it's uh, I find that a compelling story. Inter- very interesting. Yeah, it was know? probably just Usain Bolt and his buddies training out there in the farmlands, right? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's fast. He's very, he's unbelievably fast. They're getting a different look, just training in a different area is all, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, the challenge of the weeds to overcome, you know, it's like kind of like running at the beach, but a little different, you know? Which is, I don't know if, if you've ever ran in sand at the beach, but it's totally exhausting. If that'd be... That's a good way, like, man, if we live closer to the beach, because then you could, uh, if you don't like jogging, you know, like, man, I don't want to go jogging for a whole, like, 20 minutes or something to get a good workout. I just go five minutes on the beach and you're already tired. <laughs> no way. If we lived near the beach, I would go surfing. Oh, yeah, that too, of yeah. course. I don't know how to surf, but maybe body, body board. Is that what they call it? Body boarding? Yeah. The, the water up here is so cold, oh, though. Oh, it's, and it's dangerous. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of rocky shorelines too. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah. A lot of drownings. It's always in the paper, like every year. Plenty yeah. of shark attacks. You know, no, there's no shark attacks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's. There's probably a couple of shark there's attacks. There's whale sightings. Whale attacks. <laughs> Plenty of whale attacks. <laughs> Those sea lions. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get back on topic. <laughs> Uncomfortable silence. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's imagining being attacked by by a big giant whale. I'm imagining going to the beach. It's hot today. It's a little little toasty. I mean, yeah. I mean by by uh, ETA standards, nah. This is a nice chill day for him. But by Northern <laughs> yes. California standards, it's a little warm. It's like what are we talking? Like high seventies? No, it's like eighty eight today. Eighty eight. My goodness. Yeah, it's hot wow. today. That is that is goodness. a little toasty. <laughs> he just snickers. It's, to, <laughs> <laughs> it's a that's starting to warm up here a little bit. It's not too hot yet. It's uh, one hundred two right now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> when, I, when I visit Arizona, it's just hot. I can't even tell how hot it is. It's just hot all the time. Just really hot. Yeah. <laughs> After a certain point, you're just like, you walk outside and like, in general, you're just like, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> get, Don't walk outside barefoot. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Agent, Agent Redacted and Agent Egg were like... <laughs> We don't want to go to Arizona like yeah. ever. And I tried to convince them. I said, no, in the winter, it's actually very nice. And they didn't believe it is, me. <laughs> it, it's, you know, out here, it's a, especially I live next to a, a pretty uh, large lake. And like, uh, it's for a good portion of the year, it's pretty damn nice. It stays very consistent. But when it gets hot, boy, oh boy, it gets freaking hot. You know, I mean, when it's like 115 at night or 110 or something like that, you're just like, if you don't have uh, air conditioning, you can't live out here. Yeah, unless like your house is like you know built into the side of a hill or something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but All right. it's still worth it. It's worth it. Let's get back to the show. All right, Agent ETA, you got what you see. So you had you're telling us about uh, about that hill thing. What else you got for us? 
Well, I mean, to be quite honest, the, the, the pretty much everything I, I took notes on, we've already covered. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, cool. I mean, I, yeah, I don't really have a, a whole lot else to, besides my like opinions on stuff, you know, you know, that's yeah. pretty much all I have left. All right. Well, let's get into some of the explanations. Of course, we've already covered it throughout the episode. We're talking about a lot of people think that they're basically just all man-made. All of them are man-made and even the most complex formations could possibly be made by using uh, GPS units and lasers and things like that. High precision tools that we do have available to us that could possibly be used to make these extraordinarily complex patterns. And and are used. I mean, that's how the man-made ones that, you know, artists do are made. Yeah. So we know, we know it's possible to create these complex structures. But, of course, that doesn't answer how some of these can be made so quickly. Right. Sometimes... So like yeah. there, there are some cases where witnesses will, you know, they'll happen by an area and then they'll happen by the area again, just like an hour or two later. And the crop circles there all of a sudden, like out of nowhere. Um, yep. I mean, you could, you could explain that away by they just didn't see it. It was dark or whatever. But I mean, if they're in the area, you, people would have to use flashlights at night or something. I mean, they can't just go total darkness to, to yeah. make these things. I don't know. I mean, the, there's. That's the thing about this topic is there's just so much to it. Like you can just keep going back and forth all day long, but all right, let's get to some more possible explanations. Who wants to go next? I saw some people thought it might be secret weapons testing. I saw that too, actually. Yeah. So maybe hmm. some sort of microwave radiation. Like a directed energy deal. Directed energy yeah. deal or cymatics, which is a weapon made of sound. Oh. Well, that's not really what cymatics no, is. No, it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's a study of vibrations the, and frequencies. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. It is. But like a sound-based weapon right. could could cause that. Okay. And then directed energy weapons, specifically what I saw was uh, orbital weapons. Like, oh, so lasers from like, satellites. Yeah, like a satellite and you know maybe they're testing them or calibrating them or something. And then they're just, where do you want to test this? The ocean? Nah, we don't want to kill fish. You know, we like those. Let's just test it on this crop here. <laughs> Let's know? bring attention to our top secret, you know, weapon. Yeah. By making it not so top secret. <laughs> Which, um, directed energy weapons, that'd be a good topic, actually, because they're apparently a real thing, but I don't know much about them, so it'd be fun to read about them. All right. Yeah, that kind of, that kind of stuff is super interesting. Yeah, it is. All right. So, one I have is that, I guess we talked about it a little bit earlier, but unusual or rare weather formations that could somehow cause these patterns, which I'm a little skeptical of that one. I just, I honestly just don't see it, how a weather pattern could cause any of these, you know, cause they're just so, even the, the ones from, you know, like the 1881, which was just like a circle, like, I don't know how it like could really could uh, like a, even like a tornado or a mini tornado, or I, I can't picture a weather pattern that could make something that's, you know, a circle like that. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But that is one of the explanations that people believe in. They really do. And the pioneer for that was named George Meaden. And uh, one explanation he had was that you had these ionized... God, I can't talk today either. Was that you had those ionized vortices that came from the atmosphere and they carried almost acoustical-like effects to create these different different kinds of crop circles. But his explanation, I could see how it could cover smaller, less elaborate crop circles like back from the 60s and 70s. But when you start looking at the crop circles we have today, like on Milk Hill, 
which is the one, uh, it's called the Galaxy Galaxy Crop Circle. It's it's like 409 circles that look like a spiral. It's, it's really famous. Uh, it doesn't explain crop circles like that. Yeah, and ionized vortices? Is this something yeah. that's actually been observed? Or I don't th- No, I don't think so, but he wrote a whole book about it. I skimmed his book. Hmm. He was like convinced. Okay, I've seen this one, the Galaxy Crop Circle. Yeah, I've seen that yeah, one. Yeah, it's yeah. really pretty. It's yeah, it's super. Yeah, it's yeah. Some of the so some of the um, some of the circles are seventy feet, and some of them are as small as one foot in diameter. Dang, those big ones are seventy feet. And like, how could that be created in one night? Yeah, like it's it's so big. That yeah, man, look at this thing. That is, if those are seventy feet on the largest ones, that is. Quite huge. I don't know how long this thing is across, but so yeah. Look at the Milk Hill Galaxy crop circle. It's that's a really nice one. That's pretty cool looking. Somebody calculated how long it would take to make this in one night, and they said some of the circles would need to be created in less than a minute to race the clock to complete to race the clock to complete the whole thing in one night. Hmm. Um, so what, they calculated. You know, they looked at like oh, how yeah, long I've seen it might that one take. Before. Yeah. That one's crazy. Like, how, yeah, it's very intricate. Well, and that's not on a flat surface. It's all surface. circles, right? That's, that's not on a flat oh, no, surface. Isn't? No, which makes it even more interesting. Oh. Wow, that, that makes it like twice as hard or yeah. more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, looking at it. Okay, I can kind of see how it looks like the land's uneven. That, yeah, that would, that would make it very difficult to make it look like perfect if it's, if it's not on a flat surface, right? All right. So another explanation I saw was that some people think that there is some sort of supernatural being or God like Gaia, like Gaia, like the earth God or some sort of spirit or angels or angels or some, something supernatural like that, that creates them. And of course that one is just merely speculative uh, as far as like evidence goes where there's no way to really prove it. But some people do have spiritual experiences at the crop circles. And that's where this one sort of comes from. And my take on that is, um, unless you go yourself and experience that yourself, there's really no way to know what it's all about. And also, uh, there are, even if it's all completely man-made and hoaxed, that doesn't necessarily rule out some sort of spiritual experience. For example, churches are man-made yet people have spiritual experiences there. So there's no reason why you couldn't have a spiritual experience at a man-made crop circle, you know, those are not mutually exclusive in my opinion. So I just, I don't know. I just thought that one was kind of interesting because even if it isn't made by those spirits, it could still be a spiritual experience. That's interesting. I I haven't thought, I haven't thought about it that way. All right. You guys got, you guys got more? No, I'm shuffling my papers, but I think that's everything. Okay. Well, I got more. (laughs) Do you really? (laughs) Oh yeah. So I mentioned earlier, I had one that was my favorite. So in Tasmania, <laughs> this one's awesome. This is my favorite. In Tasmania, apparently some wallabies were caught making crop circles in an opium poppy field after consuming some of the flowers. So I guess they <laughs> ate the flowers and then ran around in circles, flattening the crops. <laughs> <laughs> they got all hop- hopped up on goofballs and decided, hey, you know what, you know what would be fun? make some damn crop circles let's fuck with these humans over here and that was that was my absolute favorite because it appears to be a legitimate report and it's just it's just so awesome i mean it was um i I didn't find a picture of this one but i doubt it was geometrically complex like a lot of them are it was probably just a basic circle but still wallabies 
Wallabies made a crop circle by getting high on opium and running around <laughs> and causing a ruckus. Like that's just that's that one is just so awesome. That was my favorite <laughs> one by far. <laughs> a muck a muck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so let's see. Uh, we talked about uh, magnetic fields. I think Ether talked about that one um, by Colin Andrews had a theory with that magnetic fields or changes in the magnetic fields could cause it. Um, see, we talked about uh, funguses can cause crops to die in rings or circles, and this relates more to like fairy rings. Um, and then we talked about that one, and we also talked about that. Okay, so yeah, yeah we, get, we talked about all of my explanations as well. I don't know if you guys had anything else on this one. I ain't got shit. All right. Well, that's that's all we have for this. It, it appears that we have some people in the audience that want to come on stage for a moment. And uh, we have we have one that's been waiting for quite some time. But we always do this at, well, not always, but we've been experimenting with doing this at the end of the show. So we can bring people on stage. And uh, let's see what they have to say. Let me go ahead and, and click here. Let me see. Invite to speak. I gave them the invite to speak. I'm starting to think that they may have hit the button by accident because they're not coming on. All right. Well, uh, they are. Let's see. Now they are not on. So, oh, wait. No, there they go. All oh, right. No, there we go. Here they are. Hello. Hello. What's your name Hello. and where are you calling from? I'm Murphy and I'm calling from Southern California. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. You sound, you sound strangely familiar. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on have you have you witnessed any crop circles lately no i have not would you like but to <laughs> i think the one with, i think the one with all the circles on it looks like a whirly gig a whirly gig okay that you can buy and put in your yard you know the ones that, that the things like a, that move around from the wind oh oh yeah okay the wind thing yeah no no she's mm -hmm. it she's, looks exactly like that She's talking about those things. It's like uh, on a stick and you put the stick in the ground and then it catches the wind and spins kind of like a pinwheel or something, but oh. they make them yes, for your front yard. Yeah. Those. Yeah. And there's been some very large ones. Yeah. You can get them at any mm -hmm. home Depot That's or any, any garden store there or whatever. We'll have them. Yeah. Yeah. The milk hill one looks like that. Yeah. The milk hill one's awesome looking. I like that one. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, it looks like a whirly gig. There's one at a shopping center I go to that looks just like that. Okay. Is, is that what, uh, anything, anything else you'd like to say about crop circles? Murphy, Quest Murphy from Southern California. Yeah, Murphy from Southern California. Questions, comments, <laughs> anything at all. <laughs> no, but I love the show when I listen to every episode. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. We got some good topics coming yeah. up for you. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for calling. All right, now let's see how... Bye. 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 Let's see, move you to the audience. Oh, no, I, that moved me to the audience. Uh -oh. <laughs> Sucker. Uh -oh. <laughs> he accidentally exited. <laughs> Dang it. That's not what I thought. No, I got to become a speaker now. Okay. I moved myself to the audience. Now, how do I move... I want to move people to the audience because... Um, how do I move them they to... They may have to exit themselves, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because... If you have multiple people coming up, it would just be more orderly if if I could move them myself. But let's see here. Yeah. I don't see. Oh, move to audience. There we go. You have to right click. There we go. Okay. It just makes it easier to organize stuff once somebody's done. Just if, you know, if they can't find the button or whatever. All right. Would mm -hmm. anybody else like to join us on the stage? Questions, comments, or any random thoughts you may have maybe pertaining to today's topic or maybe not. 
All right, looks like we don't have anybody else today. And before we go, we got to pay the bills. So if you were listening earlier, we did mention, I think we mentioned, did we mention that some of these crops are caused by orbs? Crop circles can be caused by orbs or ball lightning uh, or something like that. Well, some, we talked about lightning. Yeah. Yeah, some witnesses... Some witnesses did say that they saw ball lightning or orbs of some kind causing these crop circles. Well, guess what? You too can have your very own orb. (laughs) (laughs) There's like these little uh, remote control things or whatever, and it supposedly hovers over your hand or something. Um, I haven't tried one out, and Agent Agent Ether won't let me because she says... every single thing. (laughs) He's like, this is so cool. Let's get it. And then we have it, and it's like sitting on our table. Yeah. Well, no, actually, that UFO speaker, I use that thing every day. That's so true. That That's thing true. is that thing is awesome. But uh, yeah, so yeah, check out these orbs. They're um, little RC orb type deals that float above your hand or something. There's a whole bunch of different types of them. So just check out the link. And it's an affiliate link. So your purchase helps us support the show. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. All right. Thanks for listening. Keep it strange.